0: Hello and welcome to the Deep Bible Studies podcast where we discover, explore, examine, and practice the Word of God. I am your host, Gladia Rivera Guevara, and today we will be going through part 2 of John 7, 1-9, so let's get started. This is Jesus at the Feast of Booths. After this, Jesus went about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now the Jews' Feast of Booths was at hand. So his brother said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, that your disciples may also see the works you are doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. For not even his brothers believed in him. We see their motivation here as his brothers, which were, as Matthew, 1355 says is this not a carpenter's son? Is his mother not called Mary? Are his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? So as we talked about in our last episode they believed in Jesus after his ascension which praise God that's awesome and James even wrote the New Testament epistle James and Judas wrote the epistle Jude. This allows us to get into the perspective the fact that Mary bore children after Jesus clearly meaning that she did not remain a virgin after having Jesus. And we also get some insight of Jesus' childhood with his half-brothers. But the fact that these verses and their comments toward him, we see that Jesus' brothers wanted him to display his miracles to the world, not to fulfill the Father's will. We see that they either didn't believe in him, so they could have been just trying to test him to see what he would say if all about him was true, Or, they could have known, and I mean they grew up with him, but just like all the people as we have seen in the past chapters, they just wanted him to be the political messiah that will defend the Jews from Rome. We cannot deny that the oppression was horrible. And many theologians say that the culture and the oppression was as bad as when the Israelites were under the rule of Pharaoh uh, before the Exodus. That's horrible. But the Messiah's rule was not merely carnal. This was greater than anything temporary. This was eternal. This was the fact that God himself, in his order and justice, would not just arbitrarily forgive his people. Instead, that he would himself come into this fallen, filthy world willing to bear the punishment of a liar a murderer, a thief an adulterer a coward for all so that his bearing of the wrath of his own father as the innocent son of god would justify all of god's people all around the world not declare them innocent because we aren't they aren't i'm not instead declare them righteous Because now we who genuinely repent and believe will be saved and forgiven by a just God that loves us. Through Jesus' real bodily resurrection, we will be made alive with him and we have been made alive with him if you are truly saved. Being conformed into his image and reconciled and adopted into God's family, knowing him and delighting in the very God of the universe. That is better than any political Jesus or hippie Jesus or social Jesus. No, this is the real son of God. God the son. And sadly, mankind, just like Jesus' brothers at this moment, we trade temporary and carnal means because we don't take that scope or just a mere look at eternity. But God has planted eternity in man's heart. Eternity is either eternally with him or eternally in judgment. But God has made a way through Christ, the righteous mediator, beautiful Lord and Savior himself. Anyways, just like the crowds from John 5 and 6, we see that Jesus being accepted into Jerusalem is the only way that his family would believe in him. But in verse 6, we will see that the fear of man is not what Jesus is led by. So verse 6 says, Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always here. So in regards to this verse, John MacArthur comments about this verse in a very profound way. He says this verse reveals the first reason why Jesus would not go to the feast. It was not God's perfect timing. The sentence reveals Jesus' complete dependence and commitment to the Father's sovereign timetable for his life. Furthermore, Jesus never committed himself to being motivated by unbelief, even that of his own half-brothers. Because Jesus' brothers did not believe in him, they were of the world, therefore they knew nothing about God or his purposes. Because of unbelief, they did not listen to his word, did not recognize God's schedule, and could not perceive the incarnate word before them. As a result, any time would do for them, preferably at that moment. And as we will see in verse 8, When he says, my time has not yet fully come, he knew that the Jews would kill him, but God had a specific day and time that would play out according to his will. So verse seven says, the world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify about it that its works are evil. John 15, 18 through 25 says, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you are not of the world, But I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they are and have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did. They would not be guilty of sin, but now they have seen and hated both me and my father. But the word that is written in the law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. It is obvious that in this passage, the world cannot hate Jesus's brothers because as this passage and from John 15 says, the world loves its own. And they are of the world, and yet Jesus made it very clear that a true, genuine, born-again believer will be hated by the world, because we are no longer of the world. This is why today, in modern America, where we are meant to have freedom of speech, separation of church and state, which, by the way, was meant to protect both church and the state from each other, we cannot point out sin without being quote-unquote oppressive. We cannot preach the gospel and call ourselves Christians and only be exclusive for the way in which God made marriage between man and a woman, which is liberating, and not for the dismemberment of an innocent child without being quote-unquote traditional and taking away others' rights. Christian, let me be clear and simply break it down to you. The world hates you. (laughs) If it loved you, you should be concerned. Light cannot partner with the darkness and we see that more and more as we are completely frowned upon when we preach the true gospel, when we mention sin and judgment, that is why you will not get as many opportunities in school or college because of your beliefs are too offensive. Obviously, if we willfully are offending people in the name of Jesus, that is just wrong. That is completely justifiable to get pushback and it is sin. But when we are just preaching Christ crucified and standing firm in truth, the world sees that as foolish and offensive. The Holy Spirit through Paul said that, and it is saddening and heartbreaking. Like a girl named Katie from my ministry, which I have mentioned this quote so many times, but I have to give credit to her. She said, let my message offend you, but not my character. This, just like our example, Jesus, should not lead you astray but towards him. It should lead you deeper into truth, into the arms of the Savior, because yes, they will hit you, but if you saw a little boy in the street about to get hit by a bus, would you just let it happen and hit him because yelling would be too loud? No, you'd do anything possible to warn him, to get him out of the way even if the truck ended up hitting you. That is what we are meant to do as Christians. Eternity is coming like a truck heading straight for sinners a hundred million miles per hour. You don't even have 50 years, I don't think. And this is what we're meant to do. We are meant to warn them, get them out of the way, so they will not perish. But instead, know God who created their innermost being in their hearts, who loves them so much but it's their choice to receive or reject. But don't let the world's hatred discourage you. How can a blind man criticize a painting he can't even see? He doesn't know any better. So you don't criticize him, you teach him, you tell him the true beauty of it. So like Jesus says in John 16:33, I have said these things to you, that in me you will have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus was hated, and so we will be too, but he is God. He is our high priest who cares for us and knows us, and he walks beside us. He uses it for our good to be conformed more into his image and sanctified to know him deeply and more profoundly. That is better than any sort of thing the world can and will try to offer. Romans 8 says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, that not only the creation, but we ourselves who are the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies, for it is the hope that we were saved. Now hope that is seen is no hope, for who hopes for what he has seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So we long for the day to see him. And finally, we will be with him. He who has been with us all along. And for him to say by his grace alone. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little and I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. It says in Matthew 25, 21. So let's just finish off with two verses. You go up to the feast. I am not going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. After saying these things, he remained in Galilee. You can find more information on our website, www.deepbiblestudies.com, where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. You can also find us on Instagram, at Deep Bible Studies, and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at deepbiblestudies.com, where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.